I'm Shaharazani, and in the news, anti-Semitism at CUNY and on US campuses across the country, what can you do? We give you a glimpse right here on JBS to the situation at CUNY from the eyes of students and alumni as they're facing anti-Semitism at their college campus. That includes slurs, threats, Zoom bombing, and the unfortunate situation of an indifferent administration. What can be done to counter this wave? And what does the situation look like on the ground from the eyes of the Jewish organizational world? There are various organizations active in this field, and one of the most prominent ones is Stand With Us, an Israel education organization driven to empower public discourse on Israel and combat BDS and anti-Semitism. Today, I'm proud to have with us on JBS to discuss this matter, Rina Nasser First. Rina Nasser First is the Executive Director of Campus Affairs at Stand With Us. She has been with the organization for almost seven years. Through her work, she empowers over 150,000 university students each year and proudly stand up for Israel to combat anti-Semitism. Rina is also a proud Syrian Jew, and aside from her passion for Israel, she is eager to best represent her community wherever she goes. Rina, thank you so much for joining us on JBS. Thank you for having me. Just for the sake of introduction, here is a quick glimpse into a recent webinar you conducted on your work at Stand With Us. A campaign could involve a resolution brought to student government, or it could involve a referendum where the entire student body gets to vote on the issue. It could be boycotting an Israeli product or divesting from Israeli companies or companies that do business in Israel. A most recent iteration we've seen is to call for an end of study abroad in Israel. Defeating BDS wherever it rears its ugly head or whatever iteration it's is a core aspect of our work at Stand With Us. But what I'm going to do today is not just talk about BDS, but talk about an emerging trend, a new version of BDS, and how we are confronting this challenge. What I want to talk to you about today is Deadly Exchange, an anti-Semitic campaign and anti-Israel conspiracy theory promoted by organizations like Jewish Voices for Peace, Students for Justice in Palestine, and other anti-Israel groups. The campaign falsely blames Israel and American Jewish organizations for police brutality and racism against people of color in America. So first, let me uh, uh, start with the, uh, with the red meat. We spoke about what's happening at CUNY, the Zoom bombing, the slurs, the threats, the, the kind of fear that students sometimes have on campus being called a Zionist. And I wanna ask you, can you tell us a little bit about the situation at CUNY from your perspective? In my experience, both as a student leader within the CUNY system and now as a professional within this space, CUNY is no stranger to anti-Semitic events or anti-Semitic rhetoric. I remember in 2016, there was tremendous uproar about tuition and discussing the issue of tuition. And that conversation turned quickly into Zionists out of CUNY. Wherever there was an opportunity for a conversation to turn anti-Semitic, it has within the CUNY system. Within my work, we are supporting students on the ground. We're working with alumni. We're in touch with faculty. We're getting in touch with administrators. But what's interesting to look at within this 
puny example of what could happen on a campus is that administrations tend to be eager to sweep anti-Semitism under the rug. CUNY has a record of that, specifically at Hunter College itself. Uh, but it's important to note that we are not gonna stand for that. Those days are over. We're calling for accountability, we're calling for change, and we're not gonna rest until we get it. So you're mentioning the 2016 example when the, 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 some demonstrators chanted Zionists out of CUNY, which I think is a clear example of what Zionist stands for really. Blaming the Jews for tuition hikes sounds almost 1890 style anti-Semitism. But I wanna ask you, we spoke here on JBS with CUNY students and alumni um, who shared with us their perspective of what's happening on the ground. Describe your work in general with students. You're the executive director of Campus Affairs. You've been doing this as, as we indicated for many, many years now. What does that work look like? Like, first of all, on, on a practical level, how do they reach you or do you reach the students? And then what do you do to help them um, on the ground at CUNY or beyond? Just in general, we wanna understand more about how you work. The Stand With Us Campus Department has campus coordinators that are regionally based around the world. And what I do is prepare my staff to empower the students with the resources and the information they need to be able to identify when something is wrong and to know what to do about it. Because that's probably what's missing in this piece. What, what I've seen and what I seek to do professionally, and of course, personally too, is make sure that any student on a college campus understands what their rights are in a classroom, what their rights are when engaging with their peers. And knowing that when something feels funny, when something said to them really makes them upset, that there are resources they have available to them for their rights, to make sure that they are being protected, that their voices are being heard. And that's what I'm seeking to do, to really amplify those voices. On college campuses, anti-Semitism really is like a virus. It's infesting people, it's making them sick. And those who are most susceptible to that are these students who wanna make a difference in the world and are being manipulated by this movement. They're being manipulated by this rhetoric. It's important that our students who are their peers are helping inform them, helping educate them, that I'm providing resources, support for our students to be able to do that, to be able to explain where this went wrong. Many of these students simply don't know. They don't know where to get the right information. They look to social media and that's where they're picking up these little pieces and fabricating some sort of opinion that really isn't rooted in truth. Rena, right? I, I, want, I want to stop you there for a minute. And I, I just want to understand before we dive into social media, which is of huge interest, naturally, I want to ask you about the practicalities. So you mentioned the campus coordinators. You find the students. Do the students find you? How does it work on the ground from your experience? It's really a combination of both. Any student who has reached out to us in the history of this organization no matter how small or how big of a challenge they're facing, they've gotten the support from Stand With Us. They've gotten the entire organization behind them to help them with this issue. So anyone who is dealing with any sort of anti-Semitism or is looking for, is, sees an opportunity to educate their peers about Israel, 
we have all these resources for them. So certainly, if someone wanted to reach out to us, we have eyes, ears, and inboxes open. Uh, but we also do a ton of outreach ourselves because it's important that students know who we are, what we do, and that they're not alone. You, you also mentioned the issue of, um, of facts and education, you know, that many students are simply oblivious to the situation on the ground because there is this fashion or trend on social media to say certain things or behave in a certain way, and then you're able to provide them with information. So let me ask you two things. One, what is one of the worst cases you've seen from your experience in the last few months or maybe during the last operation in Gaza of anti-Israel, anti-Semitic um, sentiment on a college campus? And what did you do in that case as you, Rena, and uh, as an organization just to educate our viewers to understand from examples, how do you work? Over the last few months, I saw a lot of horrifying things, but perhaps one that really struck me that I, I wanna to discuss today is what happened at UCLA. We have a newly elected student government, students fresh in their student government seats. And the first thing they do is publish a statement in solidarity with the Palestinians, a statement that had absolutely no regard for the Jewish students on campus, no regard for Israel. And it was really upsetting because it, it told students we voted for these people to represent us and they really don't have our interests at heart. They don't really care to learn about our histories, our stories, our legacies, and instead wanna make a blatant statement that they're not interested in, in us as students on that campus. So, so that was not a balanced statement. What, what did the statement say like in general terms? Essentially calling out Israel for its human rights violations, not really discussing the anti-Semitism that we're seeing in light of what's happening in Israel, not recognizing Israel's right to defend itself against legitimate security concerns that affect all residents of Israel. Again, not just an imbalance, not just the imbalance resolution, but also the kind of sweeping language. You're mentioning war crimes and violations, sweeping language that doesn't take reality into account and treats it as a black and white situation. Exactly. Buzzwords that paint a picture that's supposed to be clear, but is really devoid of, of what's actually happening. So th then what happens? What do you do when student government issues such a resolution? What are the tools you give the students on how, how do you try to counter it? When it comes to situations like this, it really is a multi-pronged approach. It's understanding the campus landscape. It's activating student leaders and empowering them with messaging, empowering them with their own storytelling. It's working with alumni so that they can get in touch with the administration. It is even helping students understand legally when it comes to their relationship with student government, what rights they have. It's a multi-pronged approach. It takes every effort within the organization, within Stand With Us to respond, but it's, it's a call to action that we take seriously with every single case that comes to our desks. And, um... 
the actual impact of these student resolutions on the ground hasn't been significant. I mean, in most cases, if not all of them, we've seen administration on college campuses steer away from these childish resolutions taken by student government. Is that correct? When it comes to, let's say, BDS resolutions, where they're calling to impact Israel's economy in some way, not a single resolution so far has resulted in actually changing the university's relationship to companies that do business in Israel, Israeli products. We haven't seen any administration so far act on these resolutions, but we know that's not the point. This is a long game. This is designed to isolate Israel and call for punishment and change public opinion. So much so that even when they lose, even when a BDS resolution is defeated, they consider that a victory. To, to me, that is so telling of what they're actually trying to accomplish, what they're actually trying to do, that it's not about funds. It's about isolation. It's about calling for punishment and doing so in such a way with these buzzwords that no one's really going to care. You know, Rina, you touched on the most important point, I believe, because it's all about poisoning hearts and minds. And you are absolutely correct. This is all about the long game. This is about putting things in the back of people's minds that even if they're not directly involved, in the back of their mind when they were passing the quad on college campus and they saw the blood on the, uh, on the floor or the anti-Israel demonstrations or what they call the die-in, then they think that Israel is this Darth Vaderish image of complete and utter evil devoid of any nuances or really of any humanity of the Israeli side. And this is, I think, the great importance of what you do on the ground. Thank you. It is a hill that gets steeper and steeper and steeper every year. For me, it's not new work. I was doing this work as a student leader myself at Baruch College through my Hillel, through an Israel club that I started. So now you know what? let's do that for a minute, because I think that many of our viewers look at you and are very impressed with what they're seeing. And they want to understand where does this come from, this passion, because they want to know how to do it themselves and replicate it at home. So tell us a little bit about your personal background and how did you roll into uh, into this position and this, you know, Israel advocacy position uh, in the Jewish organizational world? For me, it was no question that this is what. I was supposed to do. And that's not even because of me, but it's because of my family. My family's from Aleppo, Syria, and my grandfather actually had to flee Syria with his family, and he found refuge in Israel. And once he made it to Israel, a, a journey he took by foot, he, a very dangerous one, he immediately had to pick up arms to protect the country. Everything that he did in his life brought him to Israel, Israel protected him, and then he protected Israel. So what I do in my work every day, what I did as a student activist and what I do now as a professional activist, if you will, it's for my grandpa, it's for my family. And that's what motivates this community as a whole, no matter where we're from, no matter what our backgrounds are, how religious, uh, where we come from, it's not the point. The point is that our histories, our stories, our legacies motivate us every day to keep going because we know what's at stake if we don't. 
you mentioned, um, you know, you went to Baruch College, and I'm sure that, you know, for the general population, again, because of this ignorance, the words um, Syrian and then Jew and then Israeli uh, or Israel don't necessarily go together. So how did your pro-Israel uh, activity start on campus? And what was the reaction of the, you know, those who are not part of the community to your identity as being a Syrian Jew lover of Israel? I mean, how did that work for, for people? I certainly was the first Mizrahi Jew that many people met in, in uh, college, but it was exciting. It was an exciting thing to be able to, in myself, personify Jewish diversity, to be able to embody that in some way. I, I took it as a call to action to represent my community wherever I go and to make sure that Mizrahi voices are included in any sort of Israel activism there is. That's such a big piece of the puzzle that's missing. And that's often what allows so many of these at best misconceptions, at worst outright lies to go unchecked because there are not enough empowered people sharing their stories all of these different stories. But, but you know, Rina, um, I think one of the crucial points you're making here is this. It's in the agenda of the anti-Israel organizations to present the Israeli face as being solely white, colonial, quote unquote, Ashkenazi, European, something that does not belong in the region. And here you are, a Syrian Jew, a Mizrahi Jew, who shows direct connection to the land, whose grandfather walked across from Syria back home to Israel. And that connection is crucial to show the world because it really undermines the narrative of the bad guys. Jews are indigenous to Israel. Jews have always been part of the Middle Eastern landscape and Jews are back home. And I think that is a truth that you in your very being echo very far, high, wide and deep. Everything you just said, yes, that is that is exactly what I aim to do because I see what can happen on the other side. Like you said, that that picture they want to paint uh, a very clear lines, white European colonialists. Our stories, our histories say everything to negate that. They tell the truth. They speak of our indigeneity, how we desire and pray every year to return to our homeland. We have to make that known. We have to speak it loud and proud from every rooftop there is because that's how we change hearts and minds. Rina, how, how did you get to be involved in actual, you know, Israel advocacy on college campus? Like, how did you get into it? It was actually very easy. There were so many different organizations and individuals that want to support this work that want to invite students to connect to their Jewish identity, connect to their Zionist identity in, in a deep rooted way. And I was very grateful to have those opportunities. One of them even being working with you at the Israeli consulate, which was an incredible experience. I learned so much from that and I take it with me where, wherever I go along with any of my other experiences. It's so easy to get started. All you need to do is reach out. What did you, what was the first thing you remember you did um, for Israel on, on campus? One of our first programs 
was actually organizing an entire month of programs. We bit off a lot because we were very eager to get started. And we organized this month that focused on different aspects of Israel that most people don't know. We spoke about feminism in Israel. We spoke about women serving in the Knesset. We spoke about journalists and politicians and leaders of big companies. We spoke about media in Israel. We spoke about the free press and how in Israel you have all different types of, of news outlets that can share all different types of opinions and how that's a value we very much understand and connect to and care about here. Overall, through a month of programs, we were able to highlight that Israel is not that different, that there are values that we can understand and relate to that we fight for. And, and for you, um, that came naturally. But for others, it doesn't. And you come from a very Zionist background of, you know, supporting Israel with your family, with your grandfather. What did you find to be useful in attracting others who come from a more moderate background or from a more, let's say, lukewarm background when it comes to Israel? How do you attract them to stand with you? It has to start with them understanding that there is a community that they're joining. No student wants to feel like they're battling this alone, especially considering how big the battle is. They, if are there are any students tuning in right now, I want you to know that if you were to step up today and you wanted to get involved in Israel activism, you wanted to get involved in your Jewish community, that there is an entire network of people that stand with us alone that's here to support you. An entire network of student leaders on campuses around the world that I have the pleasure of educating, engaging, and empowering each year that are eager to welcome you. This is truly a community effort and we need all hands on deck. So if you are ready, if you wanna take that step, there's an entire community of people waiting to, to welcome you, to encourage you, and to support you in this, in this battle. For any students that are tuning in, if there's one thing that I want you to walk away with, one thing that I want you to remember, it's that you're not alone. There are students like you on universities around the world. And there are organizations like Stand With Us and there are individuals like myself that are eager to support you. Amazing. Rina, this is truly um, inspirational and super important. So I think that the most important message that we heard here today is exactly what you just said. For all of those proud Zionists out there, you're not alone in standing up for Israel. You can do it. And we are here for you to support you and embolden you in your efforts. Inbox, email, or a phone call, or a tweet, or a text, or a social media post away, and we will be there to support you. I can't be thankful enough for all of your hard work, for your vision, and for your tenacity. I think you are a tremendous role model for people around the, the country and for all of our viewers who look at you and say, that's exactly what I want my kid to be like when it comes to Israel. Because there is a realization within you, Rina, that comes from inside or from your family of what is, um, you know, what needs to be stand, stand for and what the values are of uh, our shared humanity as Zionists and supporters of Israel. So thank you so much for your voice. Thank you for, for having me and, and for giving me this platform. Thank you, Rina, for your passion, dedication, and hard work, and for providing support to the younger generation fighting for Israel's future right here in the present. 
And there you have it. One great example of a strong pro-Israel organization that is out there on college campuses for you. If only you know to reach out. If only you know to build the bridges and to realize that you are not alone. That the infrastructure is there to stand up for Israel and to support Israel and at the same time support you and support your children and grandchildren when they're on college campuses. They, we, are not alone. For together, we are much, much stronger than you think. I'd like to thank our viewers and to tell you stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golub, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In The News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shachar Azani. Until next time, see you soon. Shalom and let me travel.